yeah this is this is actually crazy um like i don't even know where to start with this i know last week i done a podcast episode with my housemate nathan and which was going to be the last one and i just feel like it's right to do this final farewell podcast episode because it's been an absolutely fantastic journey of which i've loved every single second of it um and Maybe last week when when I mentioned that uh, I wasn't going to be doing the podcasting or spoken word anymore, I think a few people have asked me um, why have I retired. And I want to clarify that when I mentioned retire, it wasn't retire from life or from ministry or anything like that. It was more so just to um, put down the microphone in terms of spoken word, in terms of podcasting and creating content because the Lord has really been doing something miraculous in my life in the last number of years. He has uh, called me to be a minister of the gospel. So I'm a preacher. I'm preaching quite regularly in church, maybe every second week or so now. I'm involved in youth ministry where I do a lot more of my preaching. I'm a leader in church, which is requiring a lot more of my time, my energy. Um, and I really just believe it's up the Lord. The Lord has established my footing, as the scriptures say. And I'm really, I've really just been following through. Um, so I suppose with this podcast episode, there's just quite a few things that I want to reflect on, um, because I think it would be wrong for me to do to not do this. Um, it's been 11 years of creating. I remember I started when I was 16 years of age. I, I fell in love with poetry and creative writing and content creation. And little did I know at the time, I didn't know the Lord. I didn't become a Christian until I was 17. But little did I know at the time that the Lord was going to use this to ultimately bring me to himself, but also to impact and encourage the lives of maybe hundreds or thousands of people around the world. I know that the the ministry of hope is to life has gone into many corners of the globe, countries that don't speak the language that I speak. Um, and I'm really, I've just been so struck by that. You know, 11 years of writing, creating, promoting, performing, blessing ministering to people um i've been graced with the honor of being able to release nine albums and to a lot of people you just listen to an album and it takes maybe 40 minutes or so depending on who the artist is and so on and so forth but usually when i release an album it usually takes about four months or so between the planning the writing the recording the editing the paying for a videography, uh, getting the album cover design, merchandise, if it was a merchandise drop with it as well. So there'd be a lot of communication happening. So for what you think is 40 minutes of work, it's usually been four to five months. And I've done nine albums. So nine albums by four months, that's it's about three years, I think it is. It's about three years of intense work, really, when you want to break it down like that. I've done many merchandise drops, and, and the heart behind every merch drop has been that it would introduce people to Jesus, but also encourage people who already know him. That when people would walk around, that the merchandise, that whether it was a lyric or a verse, that it would cause people to ponder spiritual things, ponder the reality of Jesus. You know, I remember I was able to release, on top of that, I was able to release a poetry book, which had a lot of my spoken words that I unreleased because I didn't think they were good enough to be released in live performances. So I put them in a book. And that's been a blessing. I think I was able to sell about 60 copies of that, which was magnificent. Done a Hope is to Life documentary, which has reached hundreds and hundreds of people, where basically I share about the vision for the ministry that the Lord put on my heart. 
Um, and then ultimately the podcast happened during the pandemic. The podcast is, um, so I'm a massive fan of podcasts. On a weekly basis, I'm listening to about 13 different podcasts. Podcasts on sports, NFL, basketball, boxing, UFC, soccer, uh, poetry, creative writing, sermons, uh, leadership podcasts. So I'm listening to a lot and I love hearing people dialogue, but more in particular, I love hearing people dialogue on spiritual things. So every guest I've had on my heart has been to introduce them to the guests, but also in hopes that our listeners would be introduced to Jesus. And that's really, I'm in love with Jesus. He is madly in love with me. Uh, he found me on the 7th of July, 2013, and I'll never forget it for as long as I live. It was an incredible experience, and I was determined that day to give him one chance, and if he didn't come through, I was never going to go back into a church or consider him again. And I've loved every journey of it, every opportunity to perform, whether it be in Switzerland, France, the UK, my church, youth conferences, some of our conferences, um, because I get very excited when I get the opportunity to make much of Jesus. Um, that's what my life exists about, which is in a way it was kind of weird thinking about the podcast episode. Um, should I do the podcast episode where I would go further in depth? Because if you know me, my heart is always to make much of Jesus. And sometimes I can cringe when I talk too much about myself, but I suppose part of the fact that I had a podcast is because I had to talk about myself and I, I think it's important to give God glory for, for what he's done because it's no short thing of what he's done. I'm so thankful to be able to look back as I'm, I'm sitting here in a spare room in my parents' house in Wexford. I just came home to see my parents and my brother for a few days and I'm really just in awe of the faithfulness of God because when I started, I didn't have a team I didn't have people that I could rely on. I literally, the only thing I had was my phone, legit, just my iPhone. Um, so I met up with a friend called Richie, who would, I would do like um spoken word videos. Uh, I'd pick, I'd write a random verse, and we'd go to a random alley in Cork or a location, and I would just get him to press record, and I would record the verse. Um, and they were called the Hopeless to Life weekly verses, and they reached. I think it was between thirty and 40,000 people over the course of maybe six, seven months. And that really uh, kick-started, if for lack of a better term, um, just how it all entered into videos. During that time, I went from having Richie in my corner to the Lord and his kindness, uh, presenting me to people like Joshua Glass, Philip Samango, and lately Habeck, guys who have been astronomical in, in helping me bring the vision of hope is to life, to real life. And to me, when I say hope, I'm not just talking about wishful thinking. I'm actually talking about the person of Jesus Christ and what he has done to bring us into relationship with himself. And that's been it. I mean, I've, obviously, because I have I financed all my projects myself, so I don't need to go into the cost of how much it costed. It doesn't matter. Um, the cost is worth it when you get to introduce people to the wonderful savior that is Jesus. And I look forward to one day by the grace of God, when I get there, when the Lord himself looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's my heart with everything I do. And I, I trust that every content that I've released has been of some help and a blessing to people. Um, and I suppose there's been a couple of questions. I put out a poll on my Instagram and the poll was, uh, as I reflect on this podcast episode and on the journey, I want you guys to feel like you're a part of it. So 
a number of people have actually sent in some really interesting questions and I just want to work through them. I don't want this podcast to be necessarily too long, but I definitely want to give an opportunity to respond to those of you that have asked questions. I will answer them anonymously out of respect for the people that have asked these questions. Um, the first one I have here is, what was your most memorable experience performing live? And that's an easy one for me. So uh, before the pandemic, I was invited up to Dublin to be a part of a SUIS event, which is an event that stands for Stand Up Against Suicide. So I have a spoken word called The Tragedy of Suicide. Um, and I was asked to open up the show. Now, bear in mind, there's some hip-hop artists that were up there. I believe there was a guy called Jafaris, Aaron J, um, Daily Music. Like These are guys who have got quite good followings, you know? And then there's Jerry D Music, who is a Christian spoken word artist who was talking about Jesus explicitly in every one of his spoken words. And I was asked to open the show. I said, great, no problem at all. And I'm buzzing for the opportunity. And and I determined in my heart, as soon as I got that invitation, that I was going to use this opportunity to be real about an issue that has affected my life. But I was also going to be very real about the reality of my fate in the midst of these struggles. Suicide isn't a topic very dear to me. I've lost one of my family members to it, but I've also lost four friends to it. Um, and if you haven't listened to that video or spoken word piece, you can check it on Spotify or YouTube, whichever is easiest for you. So I went up to Dublin. I remember the day very well. I went in for sound check and um, played the music, done the sound check, all that sort of stuff. And then when the live performance came on, like, you know, because when you start up a show, you really have to, it's about crowd control, really, um, because you have to settle people down and people have to know that, hey, there's someone about to perform now and so on and so forth. Now, bear in mind, it's just me, a microphone, and my voice in a small, crowded room of people of about, I think there was about 120 people there in total. I said, hey, my name's J.D. I'm a spoken word artist. I talk about my faith in Jesus, but I'm also going to talk very honestly about spoken word and uh, spoken word piece, sorry, on suicide tonight. So I performed um, a set where... I done a spoken word called A Little Him, A Little Her, which talks about identity. Then I jumped into the tragedy of suicide, which is about suicide, obviously. And then I closed out the set with a spoken word called When You Think of the Cross, which is a gospel presentation. And at the end, I said, thank you very much. God bless you all. Now, and as I went back into the crowd, I wanted to enjoy the show because there was a couple of artists there that I enjoy listening to. I remember having two of the most profound conversations that I've ever had in my life, actually, in fact, one was with a girl, another was with a guy. And they were both deeply impacted by the spoken word of suicide. I believe one of the guys, he lost his uncle to the previous week. And the girl, I believe she lost her partner to suicide a year or so before this event. And in a way, how do I say this? So in a way, I suppose I was taken back because you don't really expect to have these divine opportunity to really speak into people's lives and and I just listened to them they were crying and they were being very real with me and and, and I was very real with them as well I, I done my best to minister to them and encourage them and I prayed with them ultimately and I, I made it very clear to them that even if this is a a thing that you have to journey through like I do you don't journey alone in it because as Psalm 23 talks about even when you walk through the darkest valley that you don't need to be afraid that the Lord will be with you. And that's the power of knowing him intimately. Now, I don't know if those people have become Christians in recent times since the conversations, 
But I know I felt very emboldened to do that in that moment. And I remember that night being just an absolutely fantastic moment. And I left really that night just with a, a peace in my heart, knowing that I honored the Lord, you know, that I made much of him and I, I, in, a, in a club where maybe people weren't looking to make much of him, they were looking to make much of themselves and so on and so forth. And then the next question I have is, do you deal with stage fright? Um, yes, all the time. Sounds like it's a cheesy answer, but it's the truth. I want to share an experience I had where, so I think I was doing music for about a year at the time, and I was asked to do um, an event for charity where you would pick a famous artist, dress up like them, and perform one of their songs. So I, I decided I was going to do Eminem. Um, so I got my baggy jeans, my cap, my gray cardi or gray hoodie, and so on and so forth. And I looked like Eminem back in the eight mile days, right? And I decided I was going to do Not Afraid. You know, Eminem, Not Afraid, one of his classic songs, right? So I practiced it, rehearsed it, ready to go, grand job. Um, and when I gave the music to the DJ on the night, um, I thought I gave him the music with the words, but I actually gave him the instrumental, which I'd never practiced with. I practiced the song with the MP3 track. So my time came out. Now, bear in mind, you're in a room of about 50, 60 people um, came in and I heard the music going and I just went for it. And as I was performing the first verse, my mouth got dry and I, and I realized as I was performing that there was no music, there was no words. And I was like, oh, I really, this is awful. So in that moment, I really felt like I was failing because people were wanting to be entertained, whereas I was being embarrassed because I just, I stopped mid-performance and I just said to the crowd, I'm sorry, I forgot the words. Good night. And I just walked out. But I remember the, the stage where I felt the sweat that was pouring out of my head. And I don't even blame the DJ. I blame myself. I think I downloaded the wrong file or whatever. Um, that's besides the point. But that was a very difficult moment. Um, every time I do a spoken word, as much as I love it, I get very nervous because I suppose it's it's a real profound opportunity to really speak into the lives of people. So I don't ever want to take that for granted, you know? Um, and then there's, so it, unless you know all my spoken words, um, you won't actually know if I've messed up because I've got, I've, I've got loads of lines, punchlines and stuff that if I do stutter along a verse, I can throw in a punchline and then as my, as my brain is remembering the next verse, I can kind of have stuff to bounce around with. But it happens more often than not. And sometimes I can get stage fright because I can look at someone and they can have like that look in their eye that they don't want to talk to you. But their arms could be folded, their posture could be off. Something as small as that could be enough for me to just have a moment where I'm like, oh, Do you know. So uh, stage fright is definitely something I deal with, especially even with preaching. So when I'm preaching, I have a preaching towel with me. Not for an analogy, but for my head, because I get so nervous to the point that the sweat is uncontrollable. Um, because I don't, I don't ever want to stand behind the pulpit and just preach a word and and it just be kind of falling on deaf ears, or that I haven't really prayed about it, I haven't really felt the weight of the word. Um, so yeah, I, I get very nervous in that sense. Um, but I'm thankful for that because in a way it keeps me reminding, it keeps me humble, but also reminded of the one that I need a constant. Uh, strength from which is the Lord you know Um, I hope that makes sense to that person that has asked that question and thank you for that because it may seem like I don't but I do then the next question is an interesting one Um, 
what was your biggest challenge for you in terms of spreading the gospel in these creative ways? Uh, honestly, um, because I'm a Christian, I will always talk about the cross of Christ, the reality of the gospel in my life. And that's what I do in every spoken word. I think creatively, how can I say the same thing a million different ways? Whether it's with metaphors, punchlines, imagery, cadences, flow, pauses, crowd interaction. There's a lot of stuff that comes into it. Um, but I also think it's it's trying to find a balance of of seeing where the culture's at and being able to speak into the culture. You know, so I listen to a lot of hip hop just so, so that I'm aware of what the hip hop culture is being influenced by the trends and stuff. So I know that there's something that I can be speaking into in, in a profound way for the glory of God, you know? Um, I think that's definitely been my biggest challenge. Um, obviously, I mean, I enjoy talking to people and, and sometimes that can be difficult as well because sometimes you have more mental energy than others. But I definitely think my biggest challenge would have to be different writing styles for different audiences and knowing when and how and where to implement them. And that can be a difficult one because, you know, if you're, if I'm performing in front of a young, young group of people, I'll use a punchline where I'll say, Christ gave his life for you. Don't waste it. Don't spend your time running down the clock like J.R. Smith, which is a basketball reference to the NBA finals when Golden State Warriors were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and J.R. Smith ran down the clock because he thought the Cleveland Cavaliers were ahead when they weren't. Um, but I couldn't use that same punchline uh, with the older folks in the church because they just they wouldn't get some of the references. So you'd have to be a bit more creative. Um, you know, I'd say something like, with my God, all things are possible. Why? Because he knocked Paul off a horse and turned him into an apostle. You know, something kind of creative like that that would resonate with the people. The next question I have is, why don't you use music in live performances? And the simple answer is because I don't like to. It's very distracting. Um, I would like to. Th I would like to think that I have a way of being able to capture the crowd, control the crowd, and take the crowd on a journey in the space of the two or three minutes spoken word piece, depending on what one it is. If I have music in the background, it doesn't allow for me to pause to interact with the crowd in a way that I like to. You know, with certain um, impressions or whatever. Um, whereas when there's no music, I think the spoken word hits a little more different because it's just me a microphone and a crowd full of people you know whereas if the music's there you can kind of hide behind the music a bit and i don't like that i like to be front and, front and center in the sense of like hey it's just me this is me stepping out taking a step of faith to trust the lord um yeah so that would definitely be why because i don't like using music um i use music in albums because i have to i don't want it just to be an audio music helps people to i suppose follow along with the track when they're driving their car, walking to school, college work, or whatever, where, however they listen to it, you know? Then the last question I have here is, would you have liked to continue with the podcast, or are you content with the ending? And this is a great question. It's a two-part question, so I want to answer it first. Would you have liked to continue with the podcast? Absolutely. And as I've been thinking about this, it's... It's really what comes down to me is what I have the potential to do versus what I've been called to do. Now, I have the potential to continue on with the podcast and reach 100 episodes and and all this continued success, you know, um, but I've been called to preach. I've been called to lead people. 
Um, and that's become more noticed in my life, more realized in my life in recent years. And I suppose I'm just trying to be faithful to that. The Lord has brought me from one season to another and he will continue to until he brings me home one day. And then the second part of the question is, are you content with the ending? If you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have said no. Because a year ago, my, my view, I would have held on to this ministry quite tightly, very defense defenseful of it in the sense that I, if people were criticizing it, I would get very defensive towards it. And rightfully so, I want to honor and esteem what the Lord has allowed me to accomplish. Um, but over the last year or so, it's become quite clear that my time has become more stretched more than ever before in my life. Um, you know, between work, church, uh, college, and then creating stuff on the side, you know. So when I'm preaching, for instance, just to give you an example of what my week looks like, I'll usually find out on a Monday or Tuesday I'm preaching on the Friday. So literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, my, my, my mental space is completely taken up where I'm I'm praying, I'm going for walks. Lord, I'm, I have an opportunity to speak to young people on Friday. Will you give me a word? Will you give me a, an insight? You know, there'll be something stuck out in my devotional life that you would illuminate, that it would be of help to young people. So I'm just in the, zone, in the preacher zone all week. And I don't really have time to be writing spoken words and thinking about albums and videos and so on and so forth. So for, for in a roundabout way, I would have loved to continue with the podcast, but I am more content now than ever because I know the Lord is leading my life. He is opening doors and he is closing doors behind. And one of my prayers, I suppose, in recent months has been, Lord, if it's not, if it's not something you want me to continue with, will you, will you take it out of my heart? in a gentle and kind way and he has um i'm okay we're not doing spoken words anymore i'm okay with stepping away from podcasting although i love sitting down and recording episodes and, and speaking to people and maybe maybe in the in the near future the lord will allow it to come back in but right now i'm laying it down to follow what i believe he has called me to do um yeah and also on in light of the podcast it's actually amazing um to think of the reach. So the age demographic of the podcast is there's 16 year olds right up to 62 year old people listening to the podcast around the world on a weekly basis in more countries than I've been to Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, America, France, Sweden, Switzerland, Hungary, Romania. Um, Denmark is one as well. Ireland, obviously the UK, obviously. Um, and it's incredible. Thousands and legit, I know the stats because I, I get emailed the stats and how far the podcast has been reached. But thousands of people listen to the podcast. Um, I don't know thousands of people. I know quite a few people, but I, I don't know thousands of people. And I've been so struck by that. It's been incredible to reach the highest I reached was top three in the spirituality charts in Ireland and the UK. And it's been charting in America and France, as far as I'm aware. And it's just been incredible to see the extent of the podcast and how far it's reached people. And in light of that, in there's something I've learned in all my years of creating. If I was to tell myself, tell my younger self this, it would have saved me a lot of hassle. And it was this, don't get caught up with wanting the support from everyone. Rest assured that the Lord will bring the right people along to partner with you in the ministry as well as the right consumers who will listen to your content with gladness in their hearts. And that's been a testimony for me, especially because we're in a social media driven world where 
you want the likes, the interactions, the comments. And and I find that that grip on my life has has really been dwindling away. Um, I don't really use social media maybe in the last year as much as I would have before. Um, I would have hit behind, oh, I need to post more because I'm a content creator. When a lot of times it was just because I was having a tough day or feeling the need of affirmation from other people. But I find in the last year or so, I post what I want, not really caring about how well it does in terms of likes and engagement. Just because it's my social media, I want to post what I want and for the purposes of encouragement and just you know stuff that I value. Um, but I want to take this moment. And if you're still listening to this, well done. Um, because I couldn't have done this without you. Yes, you listening. If you've listened to the podcast, any of my spoken words, or shared it with a friend, a family member, bought the merch, shared the videos. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you have partnered with me in spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people in your world by simply sharing it to your Instagram story, a friend, a work colleague, whatever it's been. And you won't know the full impact you've had on someone's life this side of eternity by something as simple as sharing it on your story. You don't know who's heard the gospel. You don't know the seed that you've planted. Rest assured that you've been a faithful steward of a minister of the gospel and just simply using your social media to promote things that are righteous and holy. Thank you for everyone who, to everyone that has bought the merch, supported the merch, wear the merch better than I've ever wear merch. You know, um, and if you're still listening, I want to let you in on a teaser. Um, so I've talked about passing the baton on the baton onto the next uh, baton, baton, whatever it's called, right? Onto the next generation. Because I believe that's where my heart is next, is, is to help the young people, help people discover their giftings, walk out their giftings, operate in their gifting, trusting the Lord in the midst of it, right? And for the last two years, I've been working on a book. I've teased the book a small bit on Instagram, I think on my close friend story. But I have a book coming out, Lord willing, in the later stages of this year. It's going to be called Kingdom Creative. And it's talking about what it belongs to, what a, what a, sorry, what it means to belong to the kingdom of God and be a creative because our God created us on purpose with a purpose for a purpose. You know, and I love it. The one that I don't want to bring, because I don't want to feel like I'm preaching the book too much, but there's one thing that really struck me. The first five words of scripture, we learned something about the characteristic of who our God is in the beginning, who God, what created. So our God is a creative. He created us in his image, which means he's deposited a level of creativity into each and every one of us. And I believe that when you operate in your gifting, whether it's speaking, preaching, singing, loving, leading, hospitality, whatever it may be, when you use that gifting to give glory back to him, I believe it's one of the most beautiful acts of worship that you can possibly give him. Um, and that, that book is going to come out at the later stage of the year. I'm in the process of just waiting for a couple of feedbacks to come back with the proofreading and the book cover has been designed and I'm just trying to think how do I want to release it, book launch, so on and so forth. That's really all I have to say. Um, I want to give God glory first and foremost for providing me the vision, but also the provisions to bring it to life, everything that he has put on my heart. Um, I'm so thankful to know that I don't have to go through life alone, that I have Jesus with me every step of the way. And it takes for those difficult times in life to really experience that in a deeper measure. You know, it's it's been a wonderful journey. And 
am I sad that it's coming to an end? No, because I don't believe it's coming to an end. I believe it's just a it's a step of progression. You know, you're just moving on to different things. Wouldn't say better things because I don't think preaching is better than podcasting. I, I get that there's a higher significance. I totally get that. But I'm just moving on to things, trusting the Lord that he would continue to be the faithful one in my relationship to him and providing opportunities, strengthening me, providing for me. Um, and I look forward to seeing what the future brings. I'm, I'm more in love with Jesus today than I've ever been. I'm more excited about the future today than I was last year. Um, that doesn't mean that it's all going to be a bed of roses in the year ahead and so on. I, I totally get that. But I know from walking with him almost 10 years, I know that when those difficult days do come, because they're coming and I've experienced many of them this year already, and he has been faithful to minister to me on those days. And I look forward to being able to testify of that in the coming days, weeks, and months so that it would be a purpose of encouragement for you and for anyone else. But that's all I have to say. Um, I'm not even sure how to wrap it up, but I just I just want you to know that it has been a joy to serve you. But more importantly, it has been a joy to serve Jesus in these years of writing, creating, releasing, and launching stuff that would make much of him. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless. All the best.